Hey everybody, welcome to AOB. In this episode, we're going to shatter the illusion. Your business heroes are not heroes. They are failures. They have made multiple mistakes. And in fact, some have made mistakes that cost them nearly everything. But actually, by the end, you're going to realise that none of it matters. So Rob, we're making a bold claim in this episode. Richard Branson, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, some of the most successful business people, most iconic business people in the world. Failures. All yeah, of them. We're the only successes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not where this episode's going. But what we are going to see is that you always see the successes, but behind every success is at least a few failures. And when you've got very high profile people, it means they have very high profile or large scale failures as well. And so we're going to dig into some of those, not to make fun of them, but because there's a lesson in there. There is. I mean, we've talked quite a bit already, uh, even though we're only a few episodes in, about our own failures. And this episode is not to make us feel better. It's actually to highlight that the people you class as your heroes have failed so many times as well. So it's not that we're useless. Um, hopefully you don't think that. But it's that this is just part of it. If you're in business, you're going to fail. If you start a business with the intention of never failing, then, wow, you're going to be really miserable because business is just full of setbacks and failures. That's what happens. And the bolder you are, the bigger the failures. Definitely. And there there are some we've dug out that people probably know about. There's some that I'd never heard of. So just goes to show you can, you can still have like massive multi-hundred million dollar failures and people don't know about it. <laughs> So, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's start with everyone's favourite, Richard Branson. So, Richard Branson, I'm sure we don't need to tell you, but he's behind the Virgin brand. So, Virgin, there's some massive, massive wins there. He's got Virgin Atlantic, up until recently Virgin Trains, there's Virgin Galactic now. I mean, is there no end to this man's success? Turns out there is. Um You've got to be a bit careful with Richard Branson because they license out the brand. So there can be some failures that it's just like a failure of whoever took the license. And you could argue that they should be more careful with their brand and not license it out willy-nilly. But they have been directly responsible for some fairly big failures. The one that everyone, I'm sure, has heard of, the first one that came to mind for me, Virgin Cola. Yeah, for some reason, and it's always easy to look back and mock with hindsight, but for some reason, Richard thought he could take on Coke and Pepsi. Two of the biggest brands in the world... So the story goes that he was presented some cola and told to taste it, and he really liked it. So then he blind tested, and he got people to go, okay, taste this and taste Coca-Cola, and which one do you like the best? And it turned out that people preferred, in the majority, Virgin Cola. So he thought, I'm on to something here. So he launched Virgin Cola to a huge fanfare, absolutely massive, but it failed, and it failed spectacularly. And within a few years, it was gone. And it's pretty much gone everywhere now. I think there's a few obscure countries, sorry if you're from there, that still have Virgin Cola. But in the UK, you don't see it on the shelves anymore. No, we, we got it when I was a kid all the time, probably because it was cheaper than the other brands because they, <laughs> they, they were selling it below cost just to try and get some market share. But it didn't work, according to our research. It never got above half a percent of market share. Now, if you were just like, making your own drink at home and trying to launch it from nothing you'd probably be quite happy with that but when you're doing something on the scale that they were and spending the amount they spent that's not good no it's not good and he has said that the reason well one of the reasons there's probably lots of reasons but one of the reasons he he failed was it was just another cola so it wasn't anything that different so he produced another cola which was nice but when it went away and when people couldn't get access to it and they had the choice they went well 
I don't really care if Virgin Cola's here or not. And the other brands were so, so strong. So it sounds really easy today to go, okay, it, it was obvious to fail, but he tried and I'm sure he learned a lot from it. But that's not his only failure. No, there's also Virgin Cosmetics. Apparently. <laughs> Had you heard well, of it? You don't use them. <laughs> no, nobody does anymore, apparently. No, started in 97. Apparently didn't become totally defunct until 2011. So that's quite a long time to keep plugging away at something. And I had no idea this was a thing, but I don't buy a lot of cosmetics. So maybe other people will. But apparently they were sold in Virgin stores and online. And they're doing like the online like um, party thing like there's like Tupperware parties and things like that you can kind of see the logic of it because you get a lot of things that are sold in that way it's quite a nice profitable business you get a pretty pretty low cost of sales because you don't need to have you well you've either got the stores or you don't need to have the stores and uh, you don't have to pay salespeople because people are doing it for you and you've got this brand and cosmetics are really high margin so if you can make something that is pretty much the same as something else but then slap a logo on it and people want to buy it you can see why that was a good business how could it fail but it did and you know it's not here today but again does that mean richard branson is a failure overall well let's see if he's crying on this island i don't <laughs> think he is no not at all because like i said i laid out a pretty convincing case why it should have worked and the upside of it working would have been huge so the downside of it working okay it would have cost a fair bit of money but well worth a try and you, you can never know a hundred percent whether something's going to work until you actually do it so next was virgin cars so i haven't heard of this one no only for it hide so that, well done to our research team apparently virgin cars was a car retailer so he wasn't building cars he was just selling them so not the, a business you would expect richard branson to go into but he seems to have tried a lot of random things and he tried this in 2005, he launched the business, and he said that in the first year, they'd sell 24,000 cars and go from there. In the first year, to great fanfare, they sold 2,000. By the time they closed the business five years later, in total, they'd only sold 12,000. So half of year one prediction was delivered over five years. So, I mean, that is a true failure. Yeah, we said before that there's no point planning out your businesses modeling year by year by year because it's going to be wrong. You hope it wasn't that wrong. That is um, that's quite a way out and just seems like it didn't get any traction at all. As well, the fact that neither of us have heard of it, it's probably a good sign that they didn't get any. I don't know what the thesis was for, for this one. It does seem really strange. But again, like you tried it. What's there's some downside and there's other businesses that are printing money. So why not give it a go? So Richard Branson, he's known for trying different things. That's his brand in a way that he will give things a go, including adventures. That's what he does. So is Richard Branson the only big profile failure? Far from it. So next up, Rob, Jeff Bezos, one of the wealthiest men on the planet. Yeah, we're picking on him. He's a <laughs> failure. So obviously known for Amazon and Amazon do so much now, not just the store. There's so much beyond Amazon, but he's tried a lot of things and failed. In fact, before we start, can I borrow your Amazon phone, please? <laughs> oh, I can't, can I? Because they don't exist anymore. No, if you'd asked that in 2014, I would have still been happy to give you my phone because even though it cost $199 when it came out, within months, they were selling it for 99p if you took out a two-year contract with AT&T. So that is like, I, I remember this happening. Like there was a lot of fanfare around this. This was meant to be like, again, you're going into like a real duopoly. You've got, you've got Android and you've got the iPhone. And to take that on, is brave 
But if you're Amazon, like you're in a great position to take that market on. They had um, Amazon Prime then. They had the things they were doing with video and media and streaming. So it all made sense. So everyone had an account with Amazon. Everyone was used to going there for content and purchases and things like that. If you build the device, well, you should be easy for you to get people to adopt it. And once people have got the device, you make it really easy for them to buy things from Amazon with that device. So perfect. What could go wrong? But I, I don't know why this went wrong, but it really did. It cost $170 million, apparently. It sounds to me like it should actually be more than that. It's got to be. And certainly in terms of opportunity cost, it'll be massive because they will have had thousands of very, very smart people working on that for a long time. But it just absolutely went nowhere. But then you can understand why, because starting from scratch and trying to catch up Apple, that's a big catch up. You know, Apple are the most valuable business in the world right now. But even back then, they were still one of, and they may have even still been the most valuable business in the world back then. They've been doing this for years. They pioneered the technology. So you can look on enviously and go, we want a piece of that. But you have to build something as good. But really, as we talked about with Virgin Cola, something actually has to be better for people to really go, okay, I'm going to leave this product that I'm quite happy with to come over to, to you. So to build a better iPhone or a better Android phone is a bit of an ask. It is. It is. Even when you've got all those advantages. And so it didn't work out. But people give Amazon a lot of grief because there are certain practices that maybe aren't the best. But if you just think purely in terms of like being an entrepreneur, I don't think it gets much better than Bezos because he does do all this stuff. And he absolutely just doesn't care. Like there was a book about him called The Everything Store, which is a really, really good book. And in that it talks about some of these failures. And he just absolutely it does not bother him in the slightest when these things don't work even if lots of effort has gone into them and money has gone into them because he knows exactly what we're talking about today sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and they've done things they've done other things like amazon prime like people inside amazon were arguing that it would bring down the company they thought it was the worst idea ever what an incredible business that yeah. is now and um, Amazon Web Services, like the fact that they just took some infrastructure they're building for themselves and they spun that out into a company that's probably nearly as valuable as Amazon, the retailer itself. Other people would have said, no, why are you doing that? You can't compete with people at IBM. Who are you to do that? And it's a distraction from your core business. But they did it and it worked. And you never, you just can never know in advance whether it's going to work or not. No, you can't. You know what's interesting? All those successes, Annie years revered as an entrepreneur he's had more he's had more failures do you remember booking your holiday through amazon destinations uh, no but i don't think i'm alone because no one did no they launched it and six months later cancelled it they gave up on the business after six months now you may go well they haven't tried but actually i think there's something in that they've tested the water they've launched the business and they've cut their losses after a short period of time so a failure but one that most people haven't heard of because it just didn't last for that long at all. Yeah, and trying to build a phone to take on the iPhone is hard. Trying to do a travel service, not saying it's trivial, but it's probably a pretty low-risk bet. I don't know what the logic behind it was, but I can't imagine it was that hard to get it up and running. They did it, and when it wasn't working, quite easy to shut it down. There weren't too many costs in there because it's very easy to double down on on something and go, no it will work and just keep going and going and going but knowing when to say no nah, it's not going to happen is a skill in itself and they did it very quickly with that one sometimes failures are just failures but then there are also failures that sow the seeds for later success online payments is something that 
all the big tech companies want to get into because there's a lot of money in it. And Amazon have had a couple of attempts at this. So they started with Amazon WebPay that came out in 2009. Possibly one of those things where it's the right idea, but a bit early. It just didn't take off. They didn't manage to get people using it. Then they they closed that down in 2014. And they, the same year, they brought out Amazon Wallet, which is meant to be a way of keeping your gift cards and store cards and things like that organized. So they're trying to get into people's financial lives. Again, didn't work, closed it down within six months. But it's probably not going to be the end of the story, is it? No, I'd be shocked if that's Amazon's last dabble with finance-related products. The market is so big and they're so well-positioned for it. So Jeff Bezos, will he be upset over this? No. Of course, he would have wanted it to succeed, but he's going to use the experience, and his team will as well, you know, the team experience that's been built on the back of this. I think they'll really use this now. Those failures that cost millions, multiple millions of pounds or dollars, has been an investment for them. You know, other people would go, oh my God, imagine if I started a business, and I lose all that money. Well, for him, he can, because he's obviously got bigger pockets. But people sometimes have fear of failure and losses means that they don't get started because they don't want to be seen as a failure. But actually, Jeff has showed us that you can be regarded as you know, one of the top entrepreneurs in the world, but still have multiple failures. Yeah, and having a, having a culture of being allowed to fail is really valuable. And that's something that America does really well in general. Like failure is almost admired. It's like a, a milestone along your journey. And that's probably why they've done so well they have to have as a country. Countries that are more conservative tend not to get all this innovation because people are scared to, to fail. So you don't have to fall into a stereotype and go, oh, I'm not American, therefore I can't make it work. But but it's the same thing. If you have the view of yourself as someone who is not okay to fail, or you've got that from your childhood somehow, then that's an obstacle that's well worth trying to overcome. Because if you can get comfortable with that, then you can get, get past your web pay and onto your web services. So arguably one of the most famous entrepreneurs of all time, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is almost worshipped in Silicon Valley at least, and around the world as one of the ultimate entrepreneurs of all time. But Steve Jobs failed so much, it's unbelievable. He, while he achieved so much, the failures on the route to that achievement were, were many. And while he had some initial success, it started to go wrong quite quickly for him. Yeah, it did. And while we said that... Um... Jeff Bezos is okay with failure. From reading about Steve Jobs, I don't think he was okay with failure at no. all. So he probably wasn't delighted about this. But yeah, the the Apple Lisa, we're, t- we're too young to have been buying that, even if we could have done, but we probably wouldn't because no one did. And also because <laughs> it cost the equivalent of $22,000 when it came out, which is pretty pricey. So this is meant to be the, the great technical innovation. They'd already had a couple of hits, but this is the one, the first like graphical interface. That was their big thing. So yeah, that's great. Are you going to pay $22,000 for that? Possibly not. And yeah, like I say, it sold under 10,000 units, which is a tiny amount for the amount of money that went into it. Hundreds of millions of dollars even back then. That is a very, very, very expensive failure. It's a massive failure, but possibly the biggest failure of his career was actually being sacked from his own company, Apple. He didn't leave. He didn't choose to leave. He was sacked. And he let everyone know he was sacked. He was far from happy about it. It was a very famous falling out. So he went from running Apple, an incredible brand, an incredible business, all right, with some failures, 
But because of some of those failures and because of how he was conducting himself and the direction the business was going in, he ended up being fired. I mean, you don't really get much bigger in terms of failures than being fired from your own business. No, he wasn't happy about that. You wouldn't be. But he decided that he was going to use that as fuel to get his revenge. So you're like, right, if Apple kicked me out, I'm going to go and start my own company. So he started a company called Next. And he decided that to make this company work, he would repeat the exact mistake he'd made previously, which was design something that was all very technically innovative, but ultimately overpriced and couldn't convince anyone they wanted it. But the key difference is this time the case was black, not white. But while he was away, he did enough right because he was asked back. He actually sold Next to Apple. And he also ran a little business called Pixar. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of them. They've done a few bits as well. So he had enough success to come back and eventually was the CEO again. And Apple went on to do great things. And there's the famous products that he produced. And, you know, it was a great success. But it wasn't all success after he came back. No. um, Mobile me. No. Mobile you what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, this was an early attempt to, I think it was meant to, be like a kind of a forerunner to the cloud, I suppose. It's meant to like bring together all your contacts and files and things like that, but didn't work very well, full of bugs. No one liked it. And apparently, because he was absolutely fine with things going wrong, he, he brought his team together and, in, and he said to them, you should hate each other for, for what you've done, <laughs> which is just brilliant. <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, that didn't go particularly well. But the, what I think is so interesting about he—he he like the word visionary gets thrown around, but he was a true visionary. And there are so many things that Apple did and continue to do where you just think that's not going to work because they're pushing it. They're really pushing it. Like AirPods, I thought was a stupid idea for ages. And like, oh, you're taking the headphone jack away from a phone. Why would you do that? It's fine. Everyone needs that. But they do it. But because they are so far ahead, but they they're not disconnected from what people will actually want they make it work and so you couldn't say like okay mobile me was was full of bugs but any of their products you wouldn't be able to say well you might say it's obviously going to fail to lots of them but then they don't apple are an incredible business an incredible business that's been built on multiple failures would they be where they are today without those failures i very very much doubt it being sacked from your own company like jobs it was probably painful but this next fellow, he's taking it to a whole different level. Elon Musk. Elon has been sacked from two separate companies as CEO. Yeah, I didn't actually know this, but he's been sacked from a company called Zip2 that he founded. I've never been heard of that, but he was sacked from that. He was also sacked as CEO of PayPal while he was on his honeymoon, which is ruthless, not ideal. And then he's also had his issues um, while running Tesla. I don't think he's ever actually been sacked from Tesla, but I think he's had to voluntarily step aside from certain roles because of the, some of the controversy that he causes. So he nearly managed, nearly managed to do it three times. But you could probably say that that's because he's he's pushed never been afraid to push the boundaries a bit and i imagine some investors in those companies are not happy with that and are not comfortable with some of the things that they've got wrong along the way yeah he has had controversy at tesla but tesla nearly wasn't here tesla's an amazing business and and doing incredible things but tesla has been on the verge of bankruptcy more than once he's been on the verge of that business going under in that it's a failure, you know, if you take your business to that level. It's a great recovery story, mm-hmm. but he had to get to that low. He had to be failing that much for it to get to that place. He's just he's just playing on a completely 
different scale from what anyone else would ever think of doing and so now he's almost like because of all the stuff he comes out with on twitter and stuff people kind of see him as a bit of a comedy character almost but what he did like he got 180 million dollars from his paypal acquisition he invested 180 million dollars into the next companies he's going to start up he didn't just start up one company he started three at the same time because he came out of that and went, well, what are the biggest problems in the world? We need to harness the power of the sun, get away from reliance on fossil fuels and things like that. And it's a bit of a risk just having one planet. So really, we should colonize another. And he went and did all those things at the same time, investing literally everything that he took from his previous business. He was going and sleeping on friends' couches and things because he couldn't afford to have a place to live because he'd invested it all. He put himself in a position where he couldn't fail. Well, if we had, that would have been it. And just to to operate on that kind of scale, to take that kind of risk and to go through some of the things that he did, I, I get the impression that he's not having a nice time a lot of the time. Some of the things they've been done, being close to bankruptcy multiple times, having to go and like borrow money at the last minute to keep the lights on is a stressful thing to do. He's not optimising his life for having a pleasant time. He's not He's not there to just like Instagram from his hammock or whatever. He's like properly doing it because he believes in it. And maybe he's crazy, but it's a pretty good kind of crazy. That's oh, a great crazy. And he doesn't choose easy things, as you've said. And that's why he will fail from time to time. That's why his rockets, unfortunately, have exploded. But he has rockets that work now because of those rockets that exploded. When those rockets exploded, the media was saying, fail. You know, he's failed. His rockets are blowing up. He's learning. And I know it's a weird way to learn and an expensive way to learn. But you can only do the world-changing things that he's doing by taking those huge risks. And when you take huge risks, you are going to have huge failures. But without them, you're not going to do the things that mean that you'll be talked about in hundreds of years' time, because he will be. Definitely. And I think you touched on something important there. like The, the media and people in general love it when someone who has been successful fails like you're all people are quite willing the rocket to crash but not far off it and like we've got almost reporting it gleefully because it makes you feel better about yourself if you sort of see someone else where who is not working out but that's that shouldn't be the lesson that shouldn't be the takeaway from this thing it should it should be each of these failures is something that takes you closer to the ultimate success you've tried something that hasn't worked so it kind of takes something from that and gets you to what does and maybe sometimes there isn't anything to take from it it was just the wrong time it was a bad idea it was bad luck or whatever but that's okay it's by trying things that you get to what works but a lot of people i think don't have that mindset and if you can get into that mindset both when it applies to other people but most importantly applying it to yourself that is how you end up getting to get, getting through some of these things, coming out the other side, not giving up and going, oh, I better go and get a job or whatever, but persisting and making it work. Yeah, failing is learning. You know, you either win or you learn is one of the sayings that you hear bounded about a lot, but it's true. If you're a great entrepreneur, you win or you learn because you've messed things up and you use that experience to make sure you don't do it again or you do things differently, you take a pivot, that you're never going to be a great business owner or entrepreneur without your failures. Because if you've had it all wins and you grow to a decent size, then you're in real trouble when you get your first loss because it'll be a big loss. So you need the pain throughout that journey. Those pain points plotted along as you go, they're the ones that are toughening you up. They're the ones that's giving you that experience for you to go, right, 
okay, I can take this on. This doesn't intimidate me. And for Elon, a rocket blowing up, he can deal with that. That's part of the journey for him. For nearly every other person on the planet, if their rocket blows up, if they built a rocket, that's the end of the road for them. But for him, it's kind of, that's the level he's at. And you, you don't start at rocket building. You know, you don't start there. But every part of your journey, you're going to fail. You're going to not make some sales. You're going to pick the wrong software. You're going to have the wrong product. You're going to annoy someone that you shouldn't have. It's going to happen, but you accept it. And if you accept it, it'll be a lot easier for you on that journey. Because if you try to avoid failure, you'll never do anything meaningful. So Elon's probably the exception from those we talked to because he had situations where if he'd failed, that would have been it, game over. There are some of the others that we talked about where they were still big in dollar terms, but never at serious risk of bringing the company down. But I think the point is, there's always going to be failures at every stage of business. Before you started, when you're at the very beginning, you kind of want to fail quickly and just kind of get to the point of finding out what works. And if you do have a problem, it's it's not a disaster because you haven't really got anything to lose. But then as you go along, you need to try and keep that attitude as well as you can of trying things because that is how you get to the breakthroughs. So you don't necessarily need to put everything on the line and so you'd be absolutely wiped out if something didn't work. I can see the motivational benefit of doing so. But if you can just get to, to a point of just trying things regularly and get okay with failure and get to that point of celebrating failure and getting your team to do that as well and letting them know that you don't have to do a Steve Jobs and tell them they should all hate each other for what they've done. You can say, hey, you know, we've done this. What what do, what do can we learn from this? What can we take into the next one? And build up a culture of, of that being okay. We've talked before about the importance of being open about mistakes. It's a similar kind of theme. And if you can do that, and if people like Richard Branson are still failing, I think it's probably okay for you to fail as well. Well, it's lucky you say that because next week we're going to talk about our biggest failure to date, a failure that cost the business over a million pounds. And okay, it's not a rocket blowing up, but it felt like a rocket blowing up for us. And next week will be an explosive episode. So make sure you join us for that because we're going to really dig deep into something that's very personal to us, a huge failing, a failing that cost a lot of money, as we've said. Not many people share these stories, and I think it's going to be one that you will learn so much from. We've learned so much from it, and we're going to share that journey, that mistake, so you can hopefully not make it for yourself, but at the very least, it's going to be compelling watching and listening. So make sure you join us for that. So until then, when we hopefully will turn up to do that episode, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.